You're listening to Ari Goldweg's Parsha Podcast, recorded in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5767-2007. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devarim. As you may know, this Parsha always comes out before Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, is the day that both the first and second temples were destroyed. The day also commemorates a number of other tragic happenings that occurred in Jewish history. However, the first tragic occurrence that happened on the 9th of Av actually goes back to something that's mentioned in the Parsha of Devarim, in this week's Parsha. Now if we look deeply into and try to understand the depth of the tragedy that's mentioned in this Parsha, as we'll soon see, we'll understand that the truth is that this tragedy this lack, the thing that was lacking in the people of Israel, is something that continued throughout the generations and was really the, the source and the cause of the, all the subsequent tragedies that occurred to all of Kalah Yisrael, to all of the people of Israel throughout all the generations. And it's something that continues to this very day. And if we can somehow be metaken, if we can rectify this lack in the people of Israel, if we can focus on this thing and we can find this spiritual antidote for this sickness. It will be something that can turn around the day of Tisha B'Av from being a day of crying to being a day of joy. The Parsha begins with Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher Moses, giving the people of Israel a reminder, a history lesson. He's standing, it's right before the, the people of Israel were about to enter the land of Israel, almost 40 years after they left Egypt. And Moses is going back in history of 38 years to the time when the people of Israel sinned greatly. They had asked to send spies to Israel to seek out the land, to see what the nature of the inhabitants were, to see the nature of the land, to see what kind of fruits it had, to see how difficult it would be to conquer that land. One man from each tribe, a total of 12, they were sent by Moshe, by Moses, to check out the land, to see its nature, as we said. And they came back, and ten of them had a very bad report to give about the country of Israel. They said the nation, the people there, too difficult to conquer, place of giants. The people are great, they're too mighty, we can't overcome them. When the people heard this report, they started to cry. What has God done to us? Where is God bringing us to this land that we can't conquer? Why is He doing this to us? For what do we deserve this punishment? And they were crying and they were crying and they were crying unconsolably. And there were two spies who had a good report, Kalev and Yehoshua, Kalev and Joshua. And they got up and said, No, no, the land is really good. But it was too late. The damage had been done. The people believed the first ten spies who said their report and they didn't listen to Yehoshua, to Joshua and Kalev. This story all occurred, this night of crying. It occurred on the ninth of Av, on Tisha B'Av. And God said to the people of Israel, He said, Tonight you cried for no reason. Uncontrollably you cried. Mournful, sorrowful cry. For all generations, this is going to be the night that you will cry. Now we need to understand deeply what was the sin of the Jewish people. Because it was a very heavy statement for Hashem, for God to say that because you cry tonight, you're going to cry for all generations. God does not flippantly mete out punishments 
for all eternity. So we need to understand what was the depth of this transgression of this sin. Now to try to understand that, we have to remember who we're talking about, what this people was, what these people just went through. Don't forget, the Jewish people were in Egypt six months, they saw unceasing miracles day after day, punishments being meted out to the Egyptians. They left Egypt, they saw miracles at the Sea of Reeds, the waters were split for them. They came out of the Sea of Reeds, they saw miracles every day, they were fed with the miraculous man of Amun. Every single day it came down. The water that they had was also a miracle because in the, in the desert there was no water. Miracles every single day. They came to Har Sinai, to, Har, to Mount Sinai. They got the Torah. Miracles upon miracles upon miracles every single day. Day in, day out. Finally, they get to this point where God says it's time to go into Israel. It wasn't that much time after all these occurrences. They were still experiencing the day in, day out miracles of the manna and the water. And they send the spies. And the spies come back and they give them a report that sounds very bad. We can't do it. What should their response have been? They shouldn't have started crying uncontrollably. Here God took them out of Egypt. It was a place that no one had ever escaped from in the history of the world. And God took them out with a mighty hand. And He decimated the Egyptians. The same God was giving them every single day food. It was impossible for a nation of one and a half million people to continue to survive every single day in, in a wasteland, a desert, a Sinai desert. There's no water, there's no food, nothing. And now ten people come with their political commentary about how it's impossible to get into Israel because the people there are too great and too mighty for us. What's going on? The people's immediate reaction should have been, well, God got us out of the last mess and God's taking care of us every single day. There's no reason He's going to all of a sudden stop taking care of us. He promised us the land of Israel. And he's going to take care of us and make sure that we get into the land of Israel. Nevertheless, that night was a night of crying. They cried and they cried uncontrollably, weeping. We have no chance. God took us out to kill us. Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Do we need to go to some other land to die? And they cried and they cried. And God said, don't you trust me? I'm your father. I've been taking care of you until now. Don't you trust me? If you're going to cry now, you're going to cry forever. You're not going to stop crying. Now let's take a step back and try to understand this whole scene, this whole picture. What happened, what was going on. Because this type of interaction between God and, and man is something that happens every day, happens with us. And it's something that happened in subsequent generations after the sin of the spies. And it's a theme that repeats itself throughout history. And the thing goes like this. There is a concept called emuna. Emuna means trust. But it also has another connotation, not just trust, as in we trust in God, but it means being faithful to that which we know is true. That's emuna. And when a test of emuna, a test of faith comes, the way that Hashem sets it up is that He starts off by showing us in many different ways that He's there and He's helping us. Not only is He helping us, He's helping us constantly, in every way, from every direction, in the most loving and fatherly way possible. And then He does something to make it seem like He's stepped away, to make it seem like He's turned around. And it's at that point that the test comes. A mushal, a parable given to this, is a father teaching his son how to walk. A little boy, a year, year and a half old, 
He's holding on to his father's hands and his father's leading him along. And the, and the son is amazed. He sees himself walking for the first time. And he's flying high and he can't believe it and his father's holding on to him. And all of a sudden, the father lets go. And the little boy thinks to himself, How could you let go of me? How could you drop me now? And it's at that moment that the father did the greatest kindness. Because at that moment, the son has the opportunity to walk on his own. And he takes his first shaky steps independently. And that's when he earns what his father had given him. That's when he actually shows that the walking that he did before was really his. Now the people of Israel, they had every single reason to believe that God was with them and that God was not going to drop them and that God was taking care of them every single day. And came this group of people, this group of spies and said, we can't get into Israel, there's no way. That was their moment of test and that was the moment that they failed. To illustrate this point, I would like to share with you an ancient medrash. I heard it from Rabbi Akiva Tetz and he testified to the veracity of the medrash. It's ancient, goes back in tradition, back to Sinai. The medrash goes like this, it's speaking about the end of days right before the Messiah comes. The medrash paints the following picture. Right before the Messiah is coming, on the Temple Mount there's a temple, an Ishmaelite temple. And the leaders of the Jews come to the Ishmaelites and say to them, Our Messiah is about to come. It's time for you to take down your temple. We have to build our temple. And the Ishmaelites say to the Jews, I'm sorry, but uh, we don't know what you're talking about. Jewish Messiah, we're not interested. As far as we're concerned, our faith is the only faith. And your faith is uh, questionable at best. And the Jews say, no, you have to take down your temple. Back and forth, back and forth. Finally, finally, the Ishmaelites say to the Jews, let's put it to the test. We'll see who God wants. We'll build two altars. On each altar, each of us will place our offering. And whoever God is interested in, he'll send out a fire to that, that altar. And uh, the other group of people will have to follow whoever the winner is. The Jews agreed. The Ishmaelites agreed. The day comes. They set up their altars. The Jews put their sacrifice on their altar. The Ishmaelites put their sacrifice on their altar. And a fire comes down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice of the Ishmaelites. The Jews are in shock. The Ishmaelites say, Okay, we won the test. Now you have to become Ishmaelites just like us. The Jews say, never! And there's a battle to the death on the Temple Mount. The survivors of the battle run off to the desert. And 30 days later, the Messiah comes. Now this is the quintessential test of faith. You know, you know what's true. You know you've seen it, you know with your heart. You know with your mind. But at that moment of test, that moment of the ordeal, everything seems lost. Everything, everything seems to be the opposite of what you know to be true. And that's when the ultimate test is. That's when one has to exercise his amuna, 
his faithfulness to Hashem, to his faithfulness to what he knows is true. And he has to say, it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what things seem to be, it doesn't matter that there are ten spies saying that we can't conquer Israel, it doesn't matter that the whole world is saying that we're just animals, we're products of evolution. I know the truth in my heart, intellectually, in my mind, I know what's really true. And I'm going to stand firm in what I know is true. That is the ultimate test. That's the test right before Messiah comes. That's the test that we face every day. It's a test that we face every year. Every year Tisha B'Av comes and we say, Where's the Beis HaMikdash? Where's the Holy Temple? Why has God not yet brought the Messiah? Why hasn't He brought Mashiach? What's going on? But if we look at history and we look a little bit with eyes open and we see what's going on in the world, the fact that the Jewish people have returned to the land of Israel, it's mind-boggling when you read the history of what's going on and how it happened and continues to happen every single day. Jews are coming back to Israel. Jews are coming back to their faith. They're returning to their roots, coming back to their ancient, their ancient traditions. And we say to ourselves, but, but what's going on? Everything seems lost. There's a man who's in charge of Israel and he seems to be ready to give away all of Israel. And we say to ourselves, what's going on? There's a war. There's people dying. It's a test of faith. It's God saying, I've been taking care of you until now. I'm your father. Are you going to trust me that I'm going to continue? And right before the Messiah comes, it's going to look so bleak. And everything will look like the Jews are wrong. But are you still going to trust me then? If you're still going to trust me then, you're going to merit to see the, the temple rebuilt. And the Kohanim, the priests, serving God once again, and the Levim, the Levites, singing their songs. In that temple, rebuilt, may it be very soon and in our days.